on today's episode of Gathering the Kings. Since I was 10 years old, I wanted to be a golf pro, and that, that was my entire livelihood. I focused on golf for 14 years of my life, moved to Florida for golf. Yeah. And then when that, that was taken away from me, I lit. So I moved to Florida, my totaled my car, my, my brother died, my best friend committed suicide and my ex-girlfriend of five years got engaged to be married all within six months of moving to Florida. Wow. So that was like getting hit with like a, by a train, a ton of bricks just hit me at once. And oh, yeah. it, it, that's kind of why I was so negative. You know, I just thought that, you know, it, it was really easy to, to, to be the victim, you yeah. know, what was me. And, and that was kind of my attitude that I took. Yeah. Up until, like I said, uh, one day I just, this one person was like, you should try to read this book. And I read that book and then I read it again and I read it again. And then I'm driving down the road and sure enough, I just decided to change my mindset. You are listening to Gathering the Kings with Chaz Wolf, featuring fellow seven, eight, and even nine figure business owners who have real battle scars from business and life, but have prevailed as the king that they are designed to be. We welcome high-performing entrepreneurs to the stage in order to reveal the real of the real on what it takes to build a successful business today. We dissect the good and bad decisions they've made along the way that give a true and accurate picture of the journey of success and how you too can get there. Through this dialogue, you will learn the value of growing your network and surrounding yourself with power players and kings like today's guest. Grab your pen and notebook because we're about to dive in. What's up, everybody? I'm Chaz Wolf, Gathering the Kings podcast. Today, I've got Doug Ford here on the King stage. My brother, Doug, how we doing? Everything's good. How are you? You know, I'm well. You know, I, I uh, sometimes get to say my bearded brother from another mother, but you're you're the opposite. You got the yeah. clean shave, looking fresh. You know, so it's funny because it. like sometimes I'll like just get bored and I just won't shave for four or five days and then it just gets And you look like me. Yeah. Oh, no, I, I don't think I've ever looked quite like you, but you know. <laughs> And I got a lot of gray in my hair. So I'm all, you know, all the, the little kids and stress from business. So it's like, I don't like to try to, you know, show my gray off too much. That's right, man. You know, I just, I, the last year or so I've been fighting it. You know, I try to stay on top of the grays and, and pluck them and, and, but it's just, it's starting to, it's starting to, they're, 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 they're burying me, <laughs> you know? So I, I might just give up and go salt and pepper here pretty soon. I'm getting close to 40. I just turned 36. So it's funny because you'd be surprised girls love salt and pepper. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, well, as long as my wife does, then we're good, you know. Well, there you go. There you I don't go. need any other girls that like it. But in all seriousness, Doug, I appreciate you being here, brother. I'm excited for this conversation. Tell us what kind of business that you got. I've I've been in the roofing industry for about 14 years right now. Yeah. It's it's a very interesting. It's something I never thought I'd be in. You know, it's I was actually a golf pro for for many years. That that was yeah. my path. And then yeah. when I I was involved in a really bad car accident, I had to make life decisions. And and I've wow. always been more of an entrepreneur. So I. I was like, what, what does everybody need? Yeah. And, and roofing. roofing is one of those things. Yeah. It, it's funny how you phrase it because, you know, we literally say, I, you know, food and a roof over our heads. Like that's like the yeah. phrase that we say when we talk about our needs, you know? Yeah. So that's interesting. Okay. Well, you've got obviously a lot in the story, you know, being a golf pro, you've already mentioned that the, the, the car accident, the lot of detail that we can get into, I want to get to here in a second. I want to know though, at this stage in the game, you've obviously been uber successful. That's why you're here. Why are you still doing this? Why are you still pushing? Why are you still building? I think that, you know, when you're an entrepreneur, sometimes you just, you, you're, you have this drive to constantly do, you know, I, I set goals. Like I have literally, you can't see it, but right in front of me is my affirmations and my goals of what I want to do. And yeah. so every year you're constantly just, you know, setting new goals and trying to achieve them. But I'll, obviously it's a, you know, 
you know, money isn't everything, but at the same time, money buys you time. So the more money you have at the end of your life, you can not, you don't have to work as hard and you can kind of do the things you love in life. And so by being an entrepreneur, I'm allowed to, you know, afford the, the luxuries of, of time and, and just doing the things I enjoy. Yeah. Yeah. Freedom, right? Freedom. Yeah. I mean, they always say money, money doesn't make you happy, but it, it, and it doesn't, but it does, it buys you time. So you don't, yeah. you know, I don't have to wake up every day and work nine to five. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You can, you can almost buy everything, even the things that are maybe more conceptual, you can still use money to put in place, whether yep. that's a team or whether that's, you know, systems or even other assets that can pay for things while you, while you do the things that you love. So I love, I love the angle there of freedom. Has it always been like that for you? Is that why you like, or has that grown over the course of time? I, so I grew up in a, a very affluent area in DC, Bethesda, Maryland. My parents were very middle-class we weren't, we didn't have, you know, big fancy house, big fancy cars. We had live in an apartment and I, I was around wealth, around people that had everything. Yeah. Uh, so not, my mom always told me, she's like, you have a champagne taste and a beer budget. And so I think because of that drive and, and seeing what was around me, that's what yeah. gave me the drive to want that. And obviously in my younger years, and not to say I'm that, you know, I'm 45 right now, not to say I'm that old, but when I was a lot younger, I wanted more. I wanted big ma ma mansions and yachts and this. And, and it's like, as you start getting, as I started getting older, I realized like, I really just want to enjoy time with my children and my family. And, and so having these big aspirations were great, but I had to kind of curtail them a little bit to, to be more realistic to what, you know, what I'm going through. Yeah. So, you know, I, I, I've, I enjoy working five hours a week now, 10 hours a week, you know, and still making really good money, but I've, I built my business around my, my ability to have more time to myself. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, that you're right. That, you know, it's obviously dependent upon the entrepreneur and, and those affirmations and those targets, because, you know, if somebody's listening to this show, they're probably trying to level up in some area. And I love it because I'm the same way. I can look over at my board and I can see the same thing. It's right in front of me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love it. And so I, I also, the, the picture that you've given to us is that it doesn't have to be about more or flashy or whatever, although it can be, that's fine. Yeah. It can be about more time. It can be about more family. It can be about some of those things. And it's interesting because <clears throat> as, as we talk about here, not only on the show, but inside of my mastermind group, this, this warrior to king transition and the warrior is after kind of like survival and maybe maybe more of the material thing, the ambition, you know, like the filling the void type of play. But the but the maturity of the king is like, man, let me just let me just dial into what's actually important. And then let me just put all effort on that. Absolutely. And, and that might be family. That might be working less. It might be working more. It doesn't there's no like recipe for that for that. Well, everybody has their own thing that makes them tick. Yeah. Yeah. But recognizing it, dialing into it is is the maturity. Would you agree with that? Always. Yeah. Always. Yeah. I mean, you know, when I, when I first moved to fly I me, mean, I'm grew up in DC. I moved to Florida about 19 years ago and I was actually a golf pro. Like that was what my, yeah. like I was literally trying to make it on tour. I was a plus two, plus three handicap. I'd shoot, you know, 65 to 70 on average. And I was involved in a really, really horrific car crash and basically got left, not able to play golf ever again. And I'm still, I'm able to play now, but just not to the level that I was before. I actually yeah. just had both my hips replaced two years ago, full, wow. full hip replacement. I've, neck issues, back issues. Like it's, it's been a pretty rough ride, but I went from, you know, being, you know, just being on top of the world. And then it, I, that car crashed, you know, took it, everything out of me. Like it was very negative and glass was half, half empty. It was just not a good place to be. So it, it's, you know, it took a while to figure out like, all right, well, you know, 
you realize like, all right, well, I have a good family. I have good friends. I have everything. Why am I so negative? You know, and, and I, one day I woke up and I'm like, let's just start being positive. Yeah. You know, and, and that's where honestly my life transformed just mindset, just how you perceive where you're at and you know, what you, where you want to go and setting, like I said before, setting goals and having these ambitions. And that's, yeah. that's kind of the start of my career. Just, well, and I want to know how that led into business, but before, uh, let's hang here in this moment here for a second, because what you're talking about is persistence through tribulation or through the up and the down, and or maybe more of the, of the down in this case. But you said you woke up one day and decided, I'm going to be positive. Was that literally how it was? Or did you did you read something? Did you watch something? Yeah, so I, say something I, I read a book, and it's a funny okay. book, because I, I, go, I read this book probably four or five times. It's called A Happy Pocket Full of Money. Okay. Um, People have read it and they're like, it's really weird because it talks about some scientific stuff, but then it goes about, you know, setting goals. I mean, I was literally driving down the road and I was in my, one of my cars, the, I was driving over the bridges in Tampa and I was driving, it was a really sunny, beautiful day. And I literally going, why am I so unhappy all the time? Why am I? Yeah. And that day I, I remember I was like, from this point forward, I'm going to be, I'm going to just, everything's going to be positive and be happy. And I just changed my mindset, literally changed my mindset. I decided, because I always tell people right now, I'm like, you either wake up sad or you wake up happy. It's up to you. Yeah. You just, you choose, you really decide. Yeah. So I decided from that point forward, I'm going to wake up happy. Yeah. And, and even if I, I, going off of what you just said, even if I woke up and felt the inkling to be sad, I could still choose to yeah. be happy because that's what you did in the car. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so now I, I, I'll, I do meditation. I meditate. I, I do a lot. I, t I take, you know, if I'm feeling like I'm going to have like a, I'm down, I'll take a walk. I feel like walking allows me to just uh, process things because you're kind of just in a stride. So it's almost like a form of meditation for me. Absolutely. I try to do things that just change my mindset that day. If I feel like it's coming on, like I'm going to be negative of some sort. Yeah. Yeah. So I think number one, recognizing what I'm hearing you say to us is number one, recognize that you can choose to be positive. We'll get to the, maybe the, the positivity or the positive outlook of being positive, but you yeah. can choose to be positive. And then when you recognize that maybe you're leading towards not being positive, you got some kind of boundaries in place, a walk, some meditation, maybe it's prayer, maybe it's talking to somebody. There's things yep. you can put in place that keep you in, in the right lane. What's been the benefit of being positive? Like you said, you changed that day before so you I, were negative. I, I now like, you're positive. Yeah. So I feel like it, it's, it's one of those things where if you aren't being positive and you're being negative all the time, negative things tend to happen to you. Yeah. You know, and if you're, it's just like, kind of like, if you don't set goals, you're leaving your life to chance. That's right. You know, if you're, if you're not, if you don't have a pathway, then it, what, what you're literally just allowing it to happen to you without you, without you design. Right. Right. And so now being positive and staying in that lane, you feel that you can. You attract more, you attract, you, things are, you attract different things. You attract yeah. better people. You attract opportunities. You attract so many different things just by having that positive outlook, that positive attitude. People want to talk to you because you you look like you're happy. You know, why are you so happy? You know, people, you know, it's it just, you tend to attract better situations. Now, Doug, I know fully, not only because I know intellectually, but through experience, I know exactly what you're saying is not only accurate, but true in my own life. But there's a listener listening right now that's going, you know what? I don't know what's up with the hocus pocus, Doug Ford. But, <laughs> but like, so what, what does he need to know that you and I know that he doesn't know yet about this? That's a tough one. It, it, it's believing, you know, you have to just exactly. believe. I mean, if you're not, if you are, and, and because I was there, I was very negative and I would always have people tell me, Doug, why are you so like, I would, here's my outlook on life. I was like, 
well, if this happens, you know, it, it, I'm just going to go about this. It's going to happen negatively. But if it happens positively, great. Awesome. So I was always going into something very negative. Yeah. But then when you start, like, just becoming positive and you like it's, it's a slow, it's almost like a snowball effect where it, it, yeah. it gradually just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. That's that's you know you have to believe that you know just by being positive these things will happen to you and it it, it doesn't happen overnight. Like I you know if I if I looked at my timeline it was probably a year year or two where it really started like wow like it actually does work you know it, yeah. it doesn't you know you have to just believe and you have to just continue down that path and eventually things will change in your life. Yeah, I love that and also too I I haven't heard you say that you have to be positive in order to be successful because I actually think that there's a lot of pretty negative, successful people. Oh, absolutely. hundred percent. So, I mean, there's people, I know the most miserable multimillionaires in the world, you know, and, it's, right. and they're miserable, but they're multimillionaires. So you don't have to be, you know, to be successful, you don't have to be happy. Yeah. There's success principles and then there's fulfillment. Yes. Right. Or happiness. And so <clears throat> what I'm hearing you say is, okay, so we can be successful. That's what we're here to talk about here today is some good and bad decisions that you've made and help us be successful. Okay. But there's principles that I can I can hang to inside a business that will make me successful or keep me from success. Either way, I can choose to have happiness or fulfillment fulfillment inside of what I'm doing. Right. Yep. All right. I want to know a little bit more of the story here. So you're golf pro. You think that you're going on tour. You get I mean, you know, it, it's, it's a, a very accident. tough thing. To, it's a very tough thing to do going tour. But yeah, I mean, I was I, I had a my game was pretty decent. My mind may have, may have not have been as good because a lot of those guys on tour are just so mentally strong. You know, when you, when you right. get on the first tee and you have thousands of people surrounding you, it's, it's right. tough to hit the first tee ball. <laughs> so, but yeah, you know, just, uh, I was like, that's, that was my, since I was 10 years old, I wanted to be a golf pro. And that, that was my entire livelihood. I focused on golf for 14 years of my life, yeah. moved to Florida for golf. Yeah. And then when that, that was taken away from me, I lit. So I moved to Florida. My totaled my car. My, my brother died. My best friend committed suicide. And my ex-girlfriend of five years got engaged to be married all within six months of moving to Florida. Wow. So that was like getting hit with like a, by a train, a ton of bricks just hit me at once. And oh, yeah. it, it, that's kind of why I was so negative. You know, I just thought that, you know, it, it was really easy to, to, to be the victim, you yeah. know, what was me. And, and that was kind of my attitude that I took. Yeah. Up until, like I said, I, one day I just, this one person was like, you should try to read this book. And I read that book and then I read it again and I read it again. And then I'm driving down the road and sure enough, I just decided to change my mindset. And, and, oh. and this is no joke from, you know, and this isn't a talk about money or anything, but my life went on a 45 degree incline from that day to the, to say like this past year of, you know, worth 10, $15 million in that time period, just from in right. 10 years, you know, going from zero to 15, it's, it's. Yeah, it's it's doable. You know, it's yeah. it's something that you can do as, a, as anyone can do. You set your mind to do something, you can do it. Yeah. The courage that you're just breathing right into the microphone right now, it it comes across sometimes to somebody who doesn't believe it as like, oh, I hear you. But like. But can, but is that really for me? Like, can I really go do that? And so what I'm hearing you say sim simply enough is it's going to take a little bit of time. If you believe that it can happen, you'll put towards action towards to get there. Now, how did that day for you changing to be positive turn into you becoming a business owner? So this is going to sound really funny. I never read a book until I was 30 years old. Okay. Um, I went through elementary school, hated reading, went through high school, relate. hated reading, yeah. middle school, hated reading, college. I mean, I passed it. You know, I went through college. I mean, I passed everything. I got my degrees. I never read a book in my entire life. Sounds like you were resourceful like I was. 
I just, you know, I, I, I can hear things and I can, I can retain it, you know, but I just hated reading. And then I read that one book. And then from that point forward, I started reading more and more books wow. just about business life, this, that, and I enjoyed actually reading those books. Yep. And then from that knowledge, I was like, you know what? I really want, I, I want to start a company. You know what I mean? I started and I, I started multiple companies and we can go into that or we can, we can back up a little bit, but yeah, i started multiple companies and failed multiple times. And wow. then I realized what I was doing wrong. And then once I realized that, then I dove head first into my, the company I'm currently running. Yeah. Well, give us, give us a quick snapshot of what, something that you had done before and, and tell us what, what was the missing key? What, like that, that's what we, that's what we're here for. Doug. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so it, it's, it's, I started, uh, I always had partners. It was something I never did. I never went on my own to try something. Oh. I would. I started like a, a, a company that was like a, we worked for UPS and all these different companies and we would, we would sell their, their, we'd go door to door and sell their, their stuff, you know, to try to get shipping, more shipping companies. Right. Then we, I started a company that did, we did a car custom shop where we build like, we'd take your car and we build a show car out of it. Sure. I did a, a, what was it? A office. We sold office supplies. Okay. I, and I, yeah, just small works. companies, but the problem I, the, the, I always found out is because I didn't go head first. Mm. I was, I, I put money into these things and I had partners, but I was kind of more lenient on them to do stuff instead of yeah. myself getting more, my hands dirty and getting involved. And, and I, once I realized that, that's when I started my roofing company and I went head first. I was working, you know, I don't want to say I worked 90 hours a week cause I didn't, but I, I, I was all in and I made sure that I had nothing else I was doing except for all in on roofing. And by being all in is is how I became successful. If I had never if I never would have done that and I just would have relied on other people, I'd still be a failure. You know, it's just yeah. I had to go all in in order to go all in. That's what made me what I am today. Yeah. I think you're making a really important distinction. Actually two pieces I want to pull out here for the listener and then and ask you a couple of follow-up questions. But I'm hearing number one is that you have to have an obsession or be all in. And then the difference between that and doing it yourself because that sounds as if maybe you came in and did it all yourself which you took more ownership but obviously you don't build a ginormous company and have you know a 15 million net worth over 10 years by doing it all yourself so right. let's delineate here did i hear you right in saying that you know you jumped in all in commitment wise but yet you still had to be able to delegate, build a team, hire well. Like, am I hearing you right? Yeah, on so that? I have a, yeah. I mean, I have a I have a business partner who's more of a handshake. He runs. You know, he's in the roofing industry. Like he's been in the roofing industry for forty years. So I went ahead and found somebody. Like I've always been. To, you know, you always been told you you don't you shouldn't be the smartest person in your company. Um, you want to have your team around you be the smartest people around you. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I hire the smartest lawyers. I have the smartest accountants. I have the best you know project managers. I have the best roofers. I. You know, I'm not out there doing roofing. I've never installed a roof in my entire life. I yeah. literally have never installed a roof ever. But yeah. my team around me is, is, is I've built up people around me that are the best in the industry. Uh, yeah. And that's how I was able to do what I've done. And, and, and for, for my sort of side of roofing, I've actually niched myself. I do mostly tile. And what I found out was, you know, by niching myself, I, I, I'm able to, to, to demand higher pricing. My profit margins are greater, but I, I'm able to differentiate myself from other roofers. You know, when I go to a job, they know when I go to a tile job, I sell 70% of all of it because I have the best, I have the best process. I have the best everything. So it's easier to be successful, if you, at least in my sort of industry, if, if I niche myself into something to be the best at something. Um, yeah. There's so many roofers out there that just want to be generic roofers. They do flat, they do this, they do that, but you know, they're, they're, they're not really good at anything. Yeah. Yeah, they can kind of just do them all as opposed to being. But able they're to just really... they're okay roofs, but they're not 
great. You know, when I go up against them, you can see the difference between my roof versus their roof. Yeah. Again, you're just dropping so many good points here. I want to pull out a couple things for the listener. Number one, you chuckled when you said I've never installed a roof, <laughs> but that's really, really important here because there is a difference in the business between being a tradesman or being a roofer or being a technician or a marketer or whatever the skill set is and being an entrepreneur. And being an entrepreneur is everything you're talking about. We're building a system, we're building a team, we're yep. putting right people in place, we're, we're growing sale, like all this stuff kind of all at once, more of an architect, right? An architect of culture inside the business and even out. And so, okay, so I hear you on that. So for the guy listening right now, that was for you who you're doing everything, stop. Yeah. Doug Absolutely. himself hasn't even installed a roof. If that's so, not so, courage, let me clarify that. Let me clarify. I, I have a in my my one of my old houses. I built a little shed. It was I like love a, it. you know, and, and so I I put I put a skylight in it. I did everything, and I, I actually installed my own little roof by myself. But it's like a like one square, you know, yeah. hundred square feet. But just so I want to see if I could do it, I tried. Yeah. It hasn't leaked yet, so obviously I did a pretty good job. You did a pretty good job. <laughs> yeah, you, you you didn't put that uh, that that same that warranty that you put on those those big giant tile roofs that's for sure yeah. but you know the i guess the, the the encouragement there for the listener is that you don't have to be the expert you can you know like henry ford said i can i can push a button and i have experts all around me you know yeah so that that's really really important but i do i do believe you know, and this is something that i think anyone starting a business i believe you have to wear every hat i know a lot of my Some friends point. i have tried to help them with business and that's something that they've not grasped onto and they failed because yeah. of it like they when you start a company, you have to understand marketing. You have to understand the, you know, the, the finance part of it. You have right. to understand the job process. You have to understand customer service. The, there's so many, you have to understand it all in order to be successful. You, so that's why I think the, the more I read and the more I dove into just learning about business is yeah. what helped me. Because if you go into business and you're just a roofer and you don't understand any of the things behind being a roofer, right. it's why you're going to fail. You, know, you're, yeah. you, you don't have the, the marketing behind you. You don't have the you know, the money behind you, you don't have the process behind you, you don't, you don't have anything except for how to understand and install a roof. And that's honestly a lot of the people I bid against because they're just roofers trying to start a business and yep. they're going to fail in five to seven years, if not, yep. if not earlier, if not earlier. Yeah. And, and usually those are my biggest nemesis because they're the ones underbidding me on everything. And I call them chucking the trucks. They're just a chuck in the. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, there's a lot of truth in what you're saying. It doesn't even have to be in the trades. It can be in any industry. It's the guy that's that starting the business and and he's either small, which is fine for a period of time. But inside of that, what I'm hearing you say is you've got to learn all the areas. It doesn't mean that you learn all the areas so that you do all the areas all Correct. the time. It yes. just means that you learn it so that when you hire it, you know how to manage it. Yes. And, 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 and when you're doing that too, in the beginning, you want to almost create your processes early on. I mean, you're, you're, while you're doing are, it. Yes. The processes are always going to change. I mean, they, yes. they are always going to change, but as long as you have a baseline and you're creating those processes along the way, it makes it easier once you start wanting to hire people on. Absolutely. Yeah. What you just said is really, really key because there's so many easy things to do today with Google Sheets and, and Drive and a freaking iPhone where you can record <laughs> yourself. Like literally just step-by-step step what you do, record yourself doing it or record your screen throw it in a folder and then boom, like it's like, it doesn't have to be that complicated. You can create nope. SOPs and systems like pretty easily. Absolutely. People just aren't thinking about it. They're just doing, they're busy. Yeah. I mean, they're CRMs busy. nowadays are so transformed, you know, they, they're trans the, the, what they do for your business. It just streamlines everything, you know? Yeah. So as long as you at least understand that and, you know, find the right CRM for your business, you know, that alone will help, help, help the process. Yeah, absolutely. That's a little bit of a, a little bit of a center point. 
and you know you can get your get your balance if you got a center point. Yeah. Okay. You mentioned niching. I want to touch on that just real quick here, and maybe it's maybe it's your good decision. I've got a question coming up about good decisions. So if it's, it's the same, then then mirror these things together. But um, you niched. A lot of people are afraid to do that because oh, if I give up the flat roofs and the and the, all the other roofs, the asphalt, all the other stuff, then then like oh, I, I might lose that on money. That's their yeah, fear. So, so they're operating out of fear, not necessarily like I'm going in. I'm going to be the tile expert. I get to raise my prices. I get to create a system just for tile, which then is going to exude to my client that I'm the absolute tile expert, which then yep. again, goes back to price, the whole deal. Like, so talk to the guy right now listening about why you did it and maybe why it was maybe a good decision. So, you know, especially with tile, there's not a lot like, you know, you're taking, let's say a 60 square house, you're taking off 60,000 pounds worth of tile, you know, and you're putting 60,000 pounds worth of tile back on the roof. And it's not, it's, it's so much harder to install than a shingle roof. And there's, there's so many different ways it could be done. And so with a shingle roof, there's really only, there's only one way to install a shingle roof, but a tile roof, there's like five or six different ways you could actually install it. So I just created a better mousetrap. I, I went, I looked yeah. at a tile roof, what was failing and what can I make better? And I looked at the numbers on, you know, so like a 60 square house is a 50, $60,000 roof. Well, I can get that done in four or five days. Where a 50 square shingle job, you have three days, but I'm making $20,000 profit on a on that tile roof versus $4,000 profit on a shingle roof. Right. So would I rather do five shingle roofs, six shingle roofs with all that, you know, you know, you, you're, you, all the warranties you have to deal with, or would I do one tile roof? Right. You know, as, a, as, a, as an owner, I'd rather do one because I'm only having to worry about that one roof. Plus, in general, like the way I've created my process, it's it's a foolproof system. Like it, it doesn't yeah. fail I, when we have hurricanes, it doesn't leak. And it just, it was, it was a much easier for me to sleep at night, to have a yeah. roof that I, I installed knowing that it's never gonna have any issues. Yeah. The cool part about what you just said is that you created a system to where, of course you make more money, but the person on the other end that you're doing the deal for gets a superior product, not only the superior system and probably an experience, but at the end, the actual product that they walk away with is worth the extra money that they're paying for you. And they're probably happy to do it. Would you yeah. agree? Yeah. I mean, most of my clients are higher end, so they they'll shell over a hundred grand and be happy about it. Cause they, they don't have the, the peace of mind. You yeah, know, they know that it's not going to have any issues, you know? Yeah. And, and I always tell people you almost, there's not anything in the world. You don't get what you pay for. You, know, you tell me a good watch. That's not expensive. A good car. That's not expensive. A good, nice clothing, like everything, you, everything in life you go, you pay for If you're going for the cheapest, everything you're, that's what you're going to get. You know, you're not going to yeah. get a, quality product which kind of goes back to that attracting piece would you agree you were talking about being negative and positive and what yeah. you what you expect is kind of what you get absolutely is it the same thing with being cheap and and being aware of what you pay for things yeah absolutely yeah okay so is is niching the, the good decision that you want to share with us or is there something else in the business that you're like dude i did this and it changed everything i think Going back on the things that I failed, and I think partners are a big, big thing. My good decision was picking up the correct, right partner. I think that was a big key decision for me. Going out, going about it, like I said, hiring the right people is the good decision. You know, but not going, not going about it about myself. That was my good decision. You know, my. You, I mean, you mentioned people here, partners and people. Yeah. How how would you suggest one listening find a good partner or hire good people? Is there something that's like on your radar that you're looking for? Yeah. So for me, I found a guy that was in the tile industry for 20 some years that had been a tile guru. And he, it was, it was a timing thing. I think a lot of things in life are timing. You know, you, you, yeah. you, like you said, you meet the right people at the right time and things happen. He happened to be 
this is during the Great Recession. I met him. We played golf together. And his he had a $20 million company doing really well. And I worked for him for about a year doing sales. And I had in the beginning, I'm like, how 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 do I don't know anything about roofing? So he kind of took me under his wing and showed me roofing stuff. And then when he I watched everything he did wrong and failed. And then when I went back to school, got my master's. I started back, I was like, hey, I want to start a roofing company. And that's kind of what all this timeline of everything happened. I called him back up. And I'm like, hey, let's go, let's go in this together. And then that's the end of the story. So I was able to pick story. up the right, the right partner. And I think that's what was my good decision in life. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Okay. So let's flip the coin. What about the bad decision that you look back on and you're like, Chaz, stay away, far, far away. Who you marry. I think a life partner, not to say that my, I despise my ex, soon to be ex-wife, but I think that she was, you know, you have to align your, your, your goals and your aspirations. And that was a big thing is like, I, I probably be even more successful today if I didn't have a wife to kind of help me back, you know, and, and now I'm going through a divorce, I'm losing millions of dollars. And it's just like, obviously that's a tough thing to take. You know, I was actually trying to sell my company a couple of years ago and retire at 40. And now, now my timeline's more like, all right, I'll build my company back up and retire at 50. So, you know, things change, you know, everything in life, everything in life happens for a reason. But at the same time, you know, I think being diligent about, who, you know, due to diligence on who you marry, you know, who yeah. you decide to be your life partner, make sure that you have the same values, make sure you have the same aspirations, you know, similar, you don't have to be similar people. Cause I, you know, they always say like, you know, yeah. I don't think that really matters, but love language is a big thing. Like having, you know, understanding their love language and be able to communicate that. But a life partner, I think, is a, is a really, really big decision and yeah. in, in being an entrepreneur. Yeah, it's probably one of the most, if it's not the most important, it's, it's at least top three. And so you're 100% right on that. A lot, of, a lot of people don't think about that. Or maybe they got married before business. Yeah, I mean, I, I started my company six months before I got married. And, and in the beginning, I think, you know, we, we, we were fine, but we just, we just drifted apart. And, and her, once I started working more, to build what we have, right. I was getting ridiculed, you know, by working too much. Yeah, you're working too much. And it's like, so you knew I was going to be an entrepreneur, you know, you knew I was going to get on this path, but then you make me feel like I'm, I'm doing something wrong. And that's just not cool at all. You yeah. know, you want to have a partner that supports you and, 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 and pushes you and helps you, you know, not yeah. to have something that holds you back. Yeah. Yeah. There's a, there's a, this is a whole obviously topic in itself. We can probably do a whole podcast on it, but what what for you because there's a lot of entrepreneurs listening right now potentially even men who are going yeah you know she should support me you know <laughs> and, oh, and you're right i'm with when you. i say support i don't mean like you know financially it's more like just yeah yeah emotionally 100 no, no, no. Like, and i'm with you I, I agree and i think that that's how they're hearing it what is their responsibility as the entrepreneur who is going to be working a lot and driving and building all of the success and building the lifestyle and the net worth and the future generations and the legacy and all the stuff that we're doing. What is our role in that for that support player? Because you're right. That person, my wife, Julie, she needs to support me. She knows that I run hard, like yep. harder than most. Okay. And so, but, but I still have a responsibility to her. What is that? So there's, there, there's multiple things you can go into that. So for me, like, mm -hmm. I, you know, it's, it's understanding what can make their life a little easier too. like, what, right. what are their love languages? Is it you doing stuff for them? Is it you complimenting them? Is it, you know, it, it, what, what are you doing to help them out? Because obviously there are, you know, if you have children and, and it's, a, it's a lot of work, you know, they're, they're, and my ex-wife worked as well. She worked from six to three. So I tried to do what I could to make her like, I'd always take the kids to school. I'd pick them up. I would, you know, I'd always make so she'd have to cook all the time. I always just try to make her life easier. 
yeah. even though I was working a lot. You know what? Yeah. You still have to be able to still be a husband and a, and a father as well as entrepreneurs. So you have to kind of balance yourself and balance your day to be able to provide for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. This is an interesting question. I've inserted this question. I told you before I hit the recording button, I've got a couple of secret questions I like to throw in now, but, and this is one of them. And so you just use the word balance. You got to balance yourself. And I understand what you're saying. You got to, you have to, you have to be able to do all of it. The word balance is a difficult word for me to understand just because you and I both know that really we're obsessed. We're obsessive nature. We're all in. You already said that was like one of your key reasons for success is that you went all in. How have you gone all in on the family or kids now? Or what would you suggest that the listener do to stay away from maybe some of the things that you're going through right now? Um, I mean, for me, I, I'm a little later in life as far as my business goes. So my business is already kind of like it's at a level where it sustains yeah. itself. So by going on for me, I just spend as much time with my children as I can. I, you know, do the activities with them. I'm always just kind of making sure that I'm in, inserted in their life. Um, right. Now I'm going through a divorce. So my girlfriend now that I'm, that I'm dating, I just make sure that, you know, I'm, I'm touching all the key points for her, you know, making yeah. sure that you know, I'm being the man that she wants me to be and, and understanding the, the communication between us. Because I think that in, in life and as in marriage, communication is key. And I think that, you know, yeah. like they say, men are from Venus, women from Mars. If you don't understand how to communicate, that's going to be detrimental to your marriage or your relationship. So, you know, that, that it's just for me, it's like I'm, I'm a giver. So I enjoy giving. Like I enjoy, you know, giving my time to people. I enjoy giving, you know, gifts. I enjoy do, doing things for others. So that's just kind of yeah. something. And being an entrepreneur, like I have, I always call them, you know, my hands, like my employees are my hands. I'm going to always treat my hands really well. That's the one thing in business is like, you always want to treat your employees well. You know, I, I, I have some of the highest paid referrers. I have the highest paid, any, like my guys all make six figures. You know, everyone in my company does really well. And I think by doing that, that's why I do well. For me, you know, money is, money is kind of a byproduct. Like I'm kind of going backwards, but for me, money is a byproduct of making people happy. Yeah. Like I don't focus on business to make money. I focus on business to make people happy. Yeah. So. I mean, you're just dropping some just really, really, really deep stuff on us. Doug, I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to- Hours trying to enough because dis- I could go for an hour. Like, you know what I mean? Like I could I go for it. hours. So it's like, you're tra- I'm trying to like figure out where to, where to drop certain things, but it kind yeah. of flows into it. Yeah, I, I hope the listener's paying attention. That's really what I hope because you're giving real, authentic, this is actually happening to you, has happened to you. And um I just think it's just really, really valuable. So I, I so I mean, I'll go back on that one point because I, I deal yeah. with a lot of like a lot of my friends or or colleagues that are they're trying to start businesses and that and, and that thing I just said money is a byproduct of making people happy. That's something business owners should focus on because you know one of my college professors and this always stuck with me. He says is if you have the best customer service, you'll always have a business. Yeah. It's the people that have bad customer service that will eventually fail. So if you're always making people happy. You're always doing something to make, even if you're losing money to make that person happy, who cares? Yeah. You know what I mean? Make, make your business about making that customer happy versus making money from them. And I think yeah. that the more you do that, it will eventually come. Yeah. And I think yeah. that is a huge key point for anyone starting out for a business. You, you're not going to always make money in the beginning, but if you always are making, always making everybody happy, no matter what you do, you yeah. will always have a good business. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. And obviously margins and making money is important and you have to start working that in and, and growing the bottom line. But the point that you just made is so, and actually I loved how you put it into practicality, like whether it's your employees, whether it's your clients, whether it's your spouse or your kids, like if, you're, if your intention is to go into this situation, this relationship, whatever it is to give, 
and to make sure that the other person is on the other side better than they started before, it's it's tough not to have a lot of value coming out. And then eventually what happens is that value starts to come back. Absolutely. Absolutely. What do you have as far as like a decision-making process? Something comes across your desk right now and you know it's a fairly weighty decision. Is there a certain flow that you kind of like to go through to make good decisions? I mean, if yeah, you got to sort of give me a, a instance because I, you know, there's so many decisions I make on a daily basis. So I'd have to have sort of a yeah. G- give me, give me a decision. Maybe, maybe, maybe it's a client whether you want to work with them. Maybe it's a new, you know, hundred thousand dollar marketing initiative. Like anything that just has a little bit of stickiness to it, where you just got to think about it a little bit. How, tell us how you think about a decision. I mean, you know, for a marketing stuff, I'm going to look at ROI. Like, whether, what's my return on investment when it comes to taking on a client? Like, I look at past experiences. Like, I'm going through an issue right now. I have a I have a guy that I installed a flat roof and I I it was a really small roof it, 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 so we had to we got there it was full of water and it was so we had to tear it up vacuum out all the water we had to repitch it re put all new plywood down put a rolled roofing on it and then we we coated it with this white silicone well the white started turning a little bit yellow because there's oils that kind of seep through the, the you know sometimes it seep through the guys start complaining so I'm like all right well I go and seal it with a tan a tan silicone. Well, the guy's got leaves galore on this roof and it starts getting discolored. And so he's complaining again. So I go out there and, and personally, and I, and I start talking to the guy and he's complaining about this and that. And I'm like, and I'm, I'm pointing out what he's talking about is completely false, but he's a lawyer. So he knows everything. And so it comes down to it where I'm like, you know what, I'll just, let me cut these little bubbles out and I'll take care of it again. Well, now the guy is complaining again. And now he wants my insurance, com- my insurance information. So I've called my lawyer. My lawyer's like, let him pound sand. He's got to see you. Yeah. But it, so my thing is like, and, and, and this is like the third or fourth lawyer I've done business with that I'm like, you know, ding, 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 ding. maybe, maybe these, I find out what the profession is. And I need to raise that price a little bit. So maybe I don't get the job. And, and I'm not saying all lawyers are bad, but this one is a particular there. And I don't know if I'm allowed to drop certain law firms out there, but this one's a particular law firm that does a lot of marketing. And they're the, you know, the, it's, it's one of those annoying law firms that goes after, you know, tons of storm damage and this or that. So it, sure. that right there kind of was a red flag I should have picked up on yeah. before we did the yeah. job. But yeah. it's understanding things in your past yep. and maybe not making the same mistake in the future. Um, and it's nice in business as, as you become more successful, you can pick and choose your clients a little bit. And I think right. that is one of, the, one of the greatest things is when I go, you know, I don't need that job because <laughs> I don't need the headache. I don't need the money anymore to, to, to deal with those headaches because I can kind of foresee these problems happen. Yeah, yeah, that, that is a tough Thing to build that that yes. resistance of going no I, I actually don't want that but it's it's the very actual thing that helps you transition to a higher mindset a, a maturity and thinking and going no actually these don't align i don't align with you with this with that you know it's funny because i have clients and even even portfolio companies of mine where we'll have a conversation and i'm you know i'm a sales guy so i like to get into the nitty-gritty sometimes and just like hey remind me what's going on in here and and something will bubble up like like a lawyer or a super highly detailed something or other. And they've asked 17 extra requests before they've even signed the deal. And I'm like, wait a second, <laughs> don't sign that deal. Yeah. And and the times that they have, they're like, man, should have listened to you. Yeah. I mean, like when I was doing my own sales, like when I would, you know, in the beginning of my company, I did everything. So I did sales and market, I did everything. So I was able to read people, but back then I needed the jobs, you know what I mean? And so yep. then now that I have you multiple salespeople, they come to me like, yeah, this client's a little bit, they're asking a lot of like, you know, this could be a problem. I'm like, all right, we're gonna have to, you know, let's raise the price just a little bit. So if we get it great, we'll, you know, we'll we'll deal with it. But you know, we're let's not let's not lower the price to try to get that job. Exactly. Yeah, and I think everything what you're just saying as far as the practical price raising or lowering, like 
that comes from number one, having a pipeline. If you have a pipeline full of opportunities, then you say, man, I don't need that one because I've got plenty. Yeah. If it's your only one, you're like, oh, I need it. So you kind of yeah. become desperate. Right. Inside of that, though, it is okay to like just bump up the price because you know, based on history, that it's probably going to be more difficult and you might have to go out two or three or four times potentially. Yep. So all you're doing is saying, hey, I'm building in the cost. And if he's willing to do it, then great. He'll sign the contract. He'll do the deal. And potentially you've you've buffered yourself just like you have for the material and just like you have for the labor costs. And that's that there's no there's no moral issue in in raising the price for something like that. Yeah, I mean. So going back on a couple of things, if I didn't know what I know now, the one thing I may have done a little differently is, is you know, I, I strive to make every customer happy. But in my industry, I technically, unless they sell their home, I'm never going to have them as a client again. Right. So that's always been a tough thing. So I'm always, always having to find new clients, always having to, you know, like you said, yep. a pipeline, marketing to, to, to drop this new business. Yep. So reoccurring revenue, that's something that I think is, is a, a very smart business decision, finding a finding a type of business that's reoccurring revenue. Yeah. That's something that I've w- wish I would have done a little more of, or even had a side business that, that does that. So that's, right. you know, if you're starting out, like look for some sort of opportunity with reoccurring. Yeah. I love that. All right. I want to go to our speed round here, Doug, inside of your KPIs, all the things that you track inside your business, what would be the one thing, if you can only pick one to track forever and ever, everything falls, falls to the side. What would that one thing be that you would track? So when you say, so what you mean like in my CRM or in like my, in my numbers, a- like what? Any of it in t- inside of your whole business. One thing I'm going to track. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to track ROI. Okay. Okay. Tell us a little yeah, bit more. I mean, like, so what, like what, what marketing's working? You know, if, if I, I track like what, you know, all my marketing, mm-hmm. I have a specific, like, all right, we spent this much of marketing for this, this, this. And we yep. know exactly what our ROI is on all those sort of things. Yep. So I know what money I dump into certain types of marketing. They're going to make me more money. Yeah. Yeah. That number for you is, okay, so if I can if I can put more coins in this machine here, more comes out the bottom. Correct. Yeah. So by tracking yeah. your your what you're spending on marketing and understanding what your ROI is on each individual types of marketing, I think yep. that is key for any business. Yeah, I love it. Okay. What book would you recommend or a resource? Since you're an avid reader now and an avid education guy. You know, it's a stupid book, but the happy pocket full of money was a start. It almost has a similar stuff as like the secret, you know what I mean? Like that's it, sure. it's similar mindset, but it's just a, it's a simple read. Like I literally can read it in a day and a half or I listen, I have an audio, listen to my car, you know, for a five hour car ride. Yep. But that yep. just for me, and it's a dumb book. Honestly, if you read some of the something, you're like, it's kind of stupid, but that right there changed my life. If I had never read that book, I don't know if I'd be in the position I am right now. Yeah, incredible. And I it's not even it. a book, I don't think. I think you have to find it like it's a, I have a PDF of it. It's like something I <laughs> yeah. found and then my friend's like, just read this. And I did. Yeah. And you know, obviously it's been life transformational. Yeah. I, I mean, I, the, the reality underneath that is that you were looking, you were ready. Yeah. You were looking and ready. And uh, that just happened to be the key for you. Yeah. And so I think that's really, really awesome that you have that little, little place to be able to go back to. We all, we all have those things, whether it's a book or a moment when someone speaks into us or whatever, but thanks for sharing that. What do you think about intentionally networking or masterminding with other entrepreneurs? I think early on, I think it's great. For me, I just, I'm at the point now where I don't really feel like I need to just brush shoulders with the right, you know, I'm a member of a, a, high, a pretty nice country club here. So I, I yes, play golf with hiring people and get clients from that as well, but yep. yeah, so you're doing I'm not a networker a anymore. I still do, like I will. I still, every now and then I'll go to like a Grant Cardone event. Um, sure. I'll, yeah. I'll do something like that here and there, but it's not really to network. It's just to gain one piece of information. If I can get one right. 
slight one in, one piece of information that could help me is is all I go to those things for. It's not really to meet people because I feel like a lot of people that go to those events aren't not not to say that I'm anything special, but aren't at my level of of success. They're trying to find something. They're trying yeah. trying to give them their themselves aspirations to do things. So for me, it's just finding one piece of advice that's something I just don't know. Yep. Yeah. No, I think that mindset of just the one thing when you yeah. really like understand how money works one piece of information that changes something in your business i mean twenty thousand dollar conference a hundred thousand yeah. dollar conference or or meeting or group or whatever yeah. like when you really understand like one little thing or one little connection or whatever like it doesn't take too many hundred thousand dollar roofs to to yeah. pay for it yeah for me like i was at a, a conference like four or five years ago and it was all about like the upcoming of airbnb and i was like short-term rentals versus, you know, I had, I have a bunch of rentals. So I was like, I, I'm going to make so much more money on short-term. So yeah. I basically sold a bunch of rentals and bought a beach condo. And now it's like creating, you know, a lot more, a lot more revenue because it's right. short-term versus long-term. Yep. So that was, I got that one piece of advice and that's kind of where I shifted my mindset. Like, I don't really want to, I want to have all more short-term rentals, Airbnbs versus having, you know, monthly rentals. Yeah. And I, I love how you made a distinction here between networking and, and growing, trying to get clients. Because I think that that's, you're right. Early on, that that absolutely makes sense. Yeah. And I, I love networking. I mean, we're networking right now. Like, yeah, of course. We, we might do a deal together, potentially. You know, we, maybe we do a, an Airbnb on the beach, you know. The point is, is that you just never know. That's fine. No big deal. But the one pieces here, and, and Gathering the Kings, that's actually how, how it started before the podcast was this mastermind where it's like, okay, I just, I don't necessarily need you to come in and give me advice. I feel like I'm a pretty successful individual, but I want to still learn. So there's that there's that balance between I've got things kind of figured out, but I know I'm not all the way figured out. I'm a learn it all. I don't want to be a know it all. So how do I put myself around a Doug Ford? How do I put myself around, you know, a, a Matt Kuhlhorn? How do I put myself around a, you know, an Austin Watterson? Like all these these guys where it's like, okay, he just did something and he didn't even know that he was like teaching me. I just heard him talking about something that he was yeah. doing. Or a situation that he's dealing with, I'm like, hmm. Yes. Let me take a quick note on that. You know, yeah, I, always, I always tell people if you can just pull one piece of information, anything you go to, it's it's a win. Absolutely. Okay, I got one last question here for you, Doug. If you could whisper in the younger Doug's ear, what would you say? What would I say? I think that I would I would start off how I started this whole you know being positive. I you know, I was always a happy kid, and uh, you know growing up where I grew up, it, it was a you know just a not saying it was difficult because obviously you're around a bunch of rich kids, but um, right. their rich kids tend to pick on you, and and I and I they would always like make fun of me because I smiled a lot. Like why are you so happy all the time? And I became kind of like stone faced because I just got picked on for being happy. Happy. Um, and so it's like you know I if I could go back and tell myself just don't listen to what other people are telling you. And just be yourself and be positive and be happy. Because if I would have been, you know, that mindset back then, or, or, you know, it's, it's, that's one piece. But obviously business is something that I think that you should start understanding earlier on in life. Money and business. Now, my parents were really good about making me understand money. They gave me a credit card, I think, when I was 14 years old. And it was like, look, oh. you know, this is how you manage it. You know, and then I had a job. I had three jobs when I was 14 years old. I worked at a gas station. I worked at a grocery store. I worked at a at a, a golf course and I bought my first car when I was 15 before I could yeah. even drive. So just understanding if I would understand more business back then, like, so for my kids, I'm, I'm, they're at a school now that it's all about entrepreneurship, yeah. you know, like they're at a, at 79 years old, they're looking at trying to start things and do things. Yep. So I think that is just being 
forced to understand finance and business and then just having the mindset. I think mindset is everything in life. Yeah. Mindset is huge. And yeah. so many people just don't even think about it. Yeah. Yeah. They don't have, they don't have the right think. Doug, you've been incredible. I mean, even just the last little bits that you gave to us, I just, I mean, just drop the mic, ready to roll. How can, how can the listeners find you if, if they're in your area and they need a beautiful new tile roof or if they just want to pick your brain or shoot around and golf with you? Yeah. So, I mean, you? I have my website, which is just a Suncoast Roofing Solutions.com. I mean, I, I would, I actually, I would give my personal cell phone number out, but it's my business line. So people, I never answer it. So you're welcome to leave me a message. That's yes. going to be 813-305-7403. So feel free to shoot me a text or, you know, usually text is best, but I don't really answer my that phone. I have a personal number that I will give out to anybody, but yeah. yeah exactly. So that's my business cell phone. I just never answer awesome. it, but I will read my messages and I will, you know, get the messages and call people back accordingly. Sounds good, man. Well, I think that uh, you've given... You've given a lot here today, and and for that, I'm thankful. I hope that the listener feels the same way, but blessings on you, your your children, your your business, your team, everything that you guys are working on in 23. Yeah, I'm, I'm very, I'm, I am very fortunate, and, and it's, 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 it's great to be, feel this way. Obviously, I'm going through a lot of tough stuff right now with my divorce, but in general, the outlook is, 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 is still great. It's positive. Yeah, always. I've, I've always been, I've always, if you can. Turn a negative to a positive. That's what you need to do in life. Because you're always going to have negative. So figure out a way to turn that into a positive. Because there's right. always a way to do it. I love it. Thanks for being here, Doug. Hey, thank you. Thank you for listening to Gathering the Kings today. I hope that you were able to pull out a few nuggets to go apply into your business right away. More importantly, though, I hope that you're realizing that it takes more to be successful than just being by yourself, doing it all on your own, carrying the weight all by yourself. What I have realized, not only in my own journey from multiple businesses and multiple different industries, and now interviewing literally over two or 300 other very successful seven, eight, and nine-figure business owners, is that it's tough to do it alone. And so Gathering the Kings literally exists to bring together successful entrepreneurs. In fact, we are putting together 1,000 kings, specifically who are grateful but not done. We're intentionally assembling kings who fight tooth and nail for their business, family, and communities. And here's what we believe, that in the pursuit of excellence in those areas, that it ignites within us the responsibility to govern power and forge a lasting legacy. So if that relates and, and resonates with you, and you know that you need people around you, sharp, qualified, other very successful business owners, I want you to go to gatheringthekings.com. I want you to take a look at what we're doing and see if it makes sense for you to be part of our pursuit to 1,000 Kings. Talk soon.